time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. So here's the big question. I came downstairs this morning to make my coffee and get ready, and my wife had already set out a Valentine's card, some nice things out there for me. This is the first year I actually had bought a Valentine's card far enough in advance, but I had to go find it. But anyway, it was really fun. So how many of you guys out there scramble to go get, remember, oh, it's Valentine's Day, and you're scrambling to go out. I'd love to hear from you. Text me. Tell me how you prepare in advance. Like I did this year, which is so out of character for me. And how many of you are actually scrambling here on this day? Anyway, we're grateful to have you as our listener, Mr. and Mrs. Valentine out there. So the Valentine's greetings to you all. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format you can listen to anytime, anywhere. And we have in our Hot topic segment some really interesting information. We've got... Russ Anderson joining Jack and I, and uh, of course the rest of the podcast team. But Jack and Russ used to work together at Texas Capital Bank. We're going to be talking about some really interesting topics. I mean, a lot of mortgage bankers don't necessarily think about cash management, but we're going to get you awakened to that. So both Russ and Jack have retired in one sense, but they're still involved in the mortgage industry. We're thrilled to have them. But this is a really important topic for IMBs when it comes to basic cash management. And you think, well, we're a small little company. We're not subject to that. Well, guess what? You are. And you're going to benefit from today's podcast. So I'm looking forward to having you on all the way through to the Hot Topic segment. But say a special thank you to Industry Syndicate. Thrilled with them and the promotion of our podcast. We promote them. They promote us. And along with a whole lot of other podcasts, I encourage you to check out IndustrySyndicate.com. Also, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. You should become a member of that. But please also be signed up with the Mortgage Action Alliance application. Thrilled with our participation and all that the MBA does for us. Also, Finastra. We've got another conference coming up with Finastra at the ICBA conference down in San Antonio. Very exciting. Some of the things going on within Finastra. We also have Chris coming up, who's the president of the Americas division, part of Finastra, again, they're an international company. But I do encourage you to go back and listen to the October 4th interview we did with Karen Jenkins, which talked about their strategy and how they design their system. It's an open architecture that they have designed that really allows other vendors to connect in with Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. Great to have them as a sponsor, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We got two conferences coming up. Both of these organizations are co-ops that allow you to get up and close with your peers, as well as vendors. We're members of both of these co-ops. And that's a great way for you to, again, find out what's going on with people in a smaller, more intimate setting where more is shared. So we've got the Mortgage Collaborative coming up at the end of March, and we've got the Lenders One coming up at the beginning of March. So just bring my hotel reservations for both of them. Looking forward to being there. Also really excited about having Total Expert as one of our newest sponsors. They're doing a great job of helping people connect with consumers. And so be sure to check out Total Expert. They're well known in the industry. So don't have to say a lot, but for those of you that have not checked out Total Expert, please do so. We have more information on them in upcoming podcasts. Also, Knowledge Coop, great way to sign up for their upcoming new 
release this, go to try the coop, C-O-O-P.com and get signed up. They'll be releasing the new version on April 1st. And also then there's Mobility MMI and Modex, really intelligent tools that these two companies have on recruiting and getting insights. I was talking to one of my clients earlier today, the folks over at 3AM, we referred to them at Alcova. We're talking about the importance of the data that you can get. It really helps you. And I, I wonder how many of you are communicating, using these tools to really communicate out to your branches, the intelligence. So it's great for recruiting, but the data that they have in both of these systems allow you to get insights into the real estate community and who, being the realtors, is selling what. And it gives you down to the transaction level. Powerful tool, Cap Mobility MMI, as well as Modex, both in our website as well as by just going directly to their uh, websites. But anyway, also SnapDocs, thrilled to have them as a sponsor with over 3 million mortgage closings this year that they've done. They work with title companies, they work with notaries and lenders. It's just a powerful tool if you're not familiar with that. The company, what they're doing, check it out. Also check out the interview I did with Vishal Rana back in September 13th of last year, as well as Success Kit. Thrilled to have them as a sponsor. They're a very effective way to reach your audience through the testimonies of your clients or your customers. We're using them more and more. I'm just so thrilled with what the quality of what they do. Check out successkit.io. Also, Lenders Toolkit is one of our newer sponsors. Thrilled to have Brent Emler with us, as well as Brett. Excited to be a part of that organization, what all that they do. I was talking to Kimberly Nichols, one of our other newest sponsors, Penny Mac. Thrilled to see what they're doing. The new name is Penny Mac TPO. That's how they branded it. And so check out Penny Mac TPO. Go back and listen to the interview we had with Kim Nichols on November 1st of this last year. Finally, also DW Consulting. Debbie Wemus does a great job of helping you prepare your LinkedIn profile. Appreciate all of our sponsors, thank you so much. Also, special thank you goes out to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack as the co-host. Welcome to today's Hot Topics segment. We've got as our special guest, Russ Anderson. Jack is joining me in this interview as well because Jack and Russ used to work together, both retired from the mortgage industry. Actually, they both are kind of slipping back into it. This industry, it's easy to get in and hard to get out. So anyway, it's one of those things I can't retire, don't want to. I enjoy it so much. But anyway, they both stay up on much of what is going on in the industry. Both are joining me in the consulting business as well. So we're thrilled to have that. And we're going to be talking today about cash management and its importance to any business, no matter what your size, especially IMBs that are smaller, you need to pay attention. Russ, Jack, good to have you both on the podcast. Appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, David. You bet. So let's get into this. For those of our listeners that have not heard from you or not aware of you, Russ, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. I've got about 30 years in banking, preceded by military service in front of that, but I've spent most of the career in commercial banking and dealing with energy companies and real estate companies and just normal commercial industrial businesses. And then that was for the first half of the career. The last half of the banking career, 15 years, dedicated it to the mortgage space at Texas Capital at the time. It was one of those things where once it gets in your blood, it's kind of hard to get out. And I was hooked by the mortgage industry and probably one of the very few people with a focus on treasury or cash management who had been focused specifically on the mortgage industry. So that's what I've been doing. I'm really interested in how you made the transition from what you did previously into what drew you to the treasury cash management side of the business? I mean, there's got to be an aptitude, but what was it that really appealed to you and went down that path? 
Well, I took a look around the market. Actually, when I was first approached and asked if I would be interested in doing it, I said, absolutely. I think there's untapped potential here because a lot of the companies really don't pay that much attention to their treasury or cash management, particularly when originations are gushing. You're not all that concerned with it, but especially now when you've got originations waning a little bit, you've got to pay more and more attention to how you get your money in, how you're dispersing it, and what kind of information do you need along the way, which is really just what cash management is. Yeah. So true. Again, when you look at cash management, it sounds like a big complicated topic and it's for the big guys, but it really is relevant to any business. And I'd like to have you expound on that. Why is it relevant to any business of any size? It is important and and a lot of people ignore it. And I think you and I were talking about it. When I first started in the industry 30 years ago, I'd look around at our accounts and see who had $100,000 or more and try and figure out if it made sense for them to be in a cash management or treasury management relationship with the bank. And it, it usually does, I think, inflation, the numbers up a little bit. But when you are looking at what you're doing with your bank, all cash management really provides you is what is called an account analysis statement, which is nothing more than an invoice for bank services. So what happens a lot of times is people will choose a bank that is easier to deal with because they're down the street or whatever, and it just may not be the best solution for them. Because while they may find all their services are free, they may be leaving a lot of money on the table because they may have more balances in there than is required to pay for their banking services. And what analysis does, it tells you exactly what that invoice looks like. So So, it's important for every business. Yeah, it really is. And Jack, you championed this podcast. You recommended it for many of our IMBs that listen to the podcast. We have so many IMBs that listen to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you did. So I'm going to go over to you, let you... Ask some questions. Well, certainly. Thank you, David. Russ, can you help our listeners understand what are the specific needs of independent mortgage banks when it comes to basic cash management? Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I always go in and talk to mortgage banks about is that I'm familiar with the flow of cash through a mortgage bank. And it all starts with loans and wire transfer services are really important for how you're moving money in and out of your accounts. And you need to be associated with a bank that does that efficiently. There's APHs for payroll, for paying vendors, for electronic movement of funds. And then you get down to your yield on deposits, which as we all have learned today, yields may be going up. So it's going to become more and more important. It's going to get more and more attention from different businesses. But in mortgage industry specifically, it's important to take a look at those ways that you're moving money into your company, how you're moving it out, is it the most efficient way to do it within the mortgage bank that you're in? And then the yield on the deposits you have with the bank. And are you getting the best bang for your buck? When you're you looking know, at well, yield, sometimes the best solution is on an account analysis statement. And that's, again, only available if you're in a treasury management relationship with your bank. You can really analyze what you're getting for your money on those things. Yeah, Russ, a lot of banks today are focused on the income generated from operating accounts being housed at their bank. Can you talk a little bit about why this type of treasury fee income is important to banks and how does that really align with operating account relationship with an independent mortgage bank? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's going to become more and more important to banks as we go forward. As yield spreads narrow, fee income becomes more and more important. And one of the things I always prided myself on when I was going to talk to a client was I would take a look at their current analysis statement and find the extraneous costs that are associated with their relationship with the bank. It's important to constantly analyze that stuff because if you're overpaying or paying for something you don't even use, which I found on 
innumerable occasions or something that they didn't really understand what it was, but they just got sold it because it generated fee income for their institution. We would put a stop to that. But yeah, the fee income comes off of all the items I just named, wires, ACHs, the information reporting systems, some information reporting systems are more costly than others. Some will throw some things in there that you really don't need, uh, especially as an independent mortgage bank. There's certain things that are needed, some that aren't. And a lot of banks really will try to, to plus up all the different line items on an account analysis statement just to generate more and more fee income. And that's something you really have to be careful in, in watching. And all that stuff is negotiable. When you have high volumes of wires or ACHs, you can get a lower price. But really what you want to do is work with your bank on a holistic basis where you're talking about both the credit side and the deposit side and how do you get the best relationship from that bank. You can adjust pricing on one side or the other, either on the credit side or the deposit side, so that everybody gets what they want out of the deal. You've mentioned account analysis several times. Can you really get a little more granular in what goes into analysis and why that's important to the independent mortgage bank? Absolutely. So account analysis is nothing more than an invoice for bank services. It'll start with all the different deposit products you use, and then it'll work into the different areas, ACH usage, wire usage, information reporting usage, and any other kind of products. Commercial card sometimes is on those analysis statements too. So it lists at the bottom of analysis statement all the bank services you use and then gives you a bottom line of what that costs. On the top half of the analysis statement is your deposit information. So it'll list what balances you have with the bank and what earnings credit you get for having those balances in the bank. And that earnings credit goes to offset the fees that are on that bottom line. So there are two different things you really need to look at on an account analysis statement if you're any business, and in particular a mortgage bank, is you look at your fees first and see what they're charging you for each different line item. And then what you do is you go back up and see what kind of credit are you getting for the deposits you have with the bank. Sometimes that earnings credit rate is the best place to get your yield on your money. It just depends on you know, your particular bank and how they price their earnings credit. But that is really all analysis is. It's just an invoice for bank services with an offsetting earnings credit, which is basically stock dollars in most institutions where it offsets your fees. If you're trying to manage it to the nth degree, you try to get that earnings credit to exactly match what your invoice for services are, and anything excess is earning you actual interest somewhere else. Thank you. I've got some questions coming in from several of our listeners, and I'm just fascinated by this topic. And you've already touched on some really good points, but if you were to be working with somebody and starting advising them, where would you start this conversation at? I always start by looking at their account analysis statement with their current bank. And then I'll go through that, and I'll take a look at to see what they're doing. It is important, and the reason why it's important, and it's not important on the margins. I mean, if you're gushing cash at the time, then it's a little less important. But if you're in a time where originations aren't what they once were, then it becomes more important to watch exactly what's going on with your cash in and out of your company. There are ways to maximize what you have in your bank account and earn a little extra interest income if you know how to manage this process right, right, efficiently. Right. So I look at some of the opportunities that are there, but when you were talking about this, and you touched on this briefly, but I'd like to have you expand a little bit more on some of the mistakes that IMBs make 
when it comes to the basic cash management. I, I think there is a lot of mistakes that are made, and probably one of them is not even looking at it, just not being aware of the opportunities here. Yeah, it's a mistake. And what's happening, a lot of folks, when they open up their shop, they do what any other business does. They open up a bank account down the street because it's convenient, and that's what they want to do. And maybe it's a, a guy who they happen to know, or account officer down mm-hmm. the street at the bank, and so they use them for their bank account. And it, it's probably a community bank, or most times when I look yeah. at it, it's a community bank that's not charging them any fees and just keeping their money over there and all good, except for the fact that when their mortgage banks grow, then they're losing money on leaving it in a situation like that because there's money to be earned on that excess cash. Yeah, so, which is really getting you know, into the, the leverage component of all this, right? Exactly. And there's a time where you overcome that community bank free service because you've got more cash in there. They can possibly need to offset the services, but there's no way to use what products they have to continue to leverage your cash up and make a little extra interest income on the side. Yeah, I've got a question that's coming in from one of our listeners right now, and it's, it's actually for both of you. Jack, did you have experience with cash management beforehand? How much of an appreciation did you have for this? I'm sure when you've run Texas Capital Bank, I mean, you've been in banking forever, so maybe a lot, but I think they're hoping that you didn't have a lot until you met Russ and he helped create the awareness. But going back to a lot of the questions that are rolling in, and there are a lot of them, it's all around. I had no idea how much I could make a difference. Some of the larger ones, yes, but Jack, Respond to that one question. How much knowledge did you have about Treasury and cash management before you started working with Russ? Well, not a lot, David. I mean, I'll take it back to 2009. A gentleman that Gary Ort re-engineering a warehouse program and banks covet deposits. Right. And so we were challenged to drive deposits through our warehouse lending activities. At that point in the market, warehouse programs were not really linked to the ability to drive substantial deposits. And so Gary and I said, no, we're going to change this conundrum, and we're going to become significant drivers of deposits into the financial institution that we work for. And we really focused on treasury and liquidity solutions and cash management as part of that strategic plan, it worked beyond our wildest expectations. And to be successful at that, we really needed to partner with an astute treasury and liquidity officer. And so that's where Russ and I first started to work together. And I mean, we went from basically zero attributed to our line of business to billions of dollars, David. And so I I really wouldn't consider myself a cash management expert. And Gary and I were challenged to drive deposits. We partnered with Russ on the team, and we went places that we never thought we could get. And ultimately, that strategy included we wanted to be more to our clients than just a warehouse line. We were trying to decommoditize warehouse lending. So if you start providing mortgage bankers with other services that are critical Mm -hmm. to the longevity and health of their business, on top of the liquidity that you supply them through a warehouse line, you deepen the partnership. And it works. 
Yeah, that really worked. Yeah, Russ, when you came in and started doing this, was there a program that existed or did you set this up from scratch? No, we started it from scratch. Honestly, when we started, took a look around in the industry about the warehouse programs around the country were funded, meaning how, what percentage of mm-hmm. deposits funded, they're at about 5%. And when I started, I thought, well, gosh, if you look at our originations, that's not going to amount to a whole lot. But then I became committed to funding our book at 100%, and we did. We were fully funded for our entire book of business, and that was a really great achievement for us. And then my goal really was to fund the whole bank, but then they told me I had to hit the brakes, so I had to stop. But the idea behind it was it was more than just the line items on an account analysis statement. We used those corporate accounts to help our clients with leveraging their yields on what they were paying their warehouse line. So we would look at it, as I had indicated earlier, as a holistic relationship. What are you doing with us on the deposit side? What are you doing with us on the credit side? And it didn't stop at the warehouse program. We looked at MSR facilities, advanced lines, you name it, EBO lines. We would look at everything in terms of how we price both the credits and the deposits and make it a good deal all around. You mentioned that how you would see oftentimes a lot of you know, IMB specifically work with more of the community banks. And sometimes there's a feeling that you need to work with the big, big, big super banks. But talk about what is the ideal size bank for IMB to work with when it comes to treasury management and the benefits that they can get. Is there a size preference or a recommendation that you'd make? I tend to think that for IMB, it's better to work with a regional or a super regional bank. And what is the difference between those two categories? Is that an asset base? Is it locations, footprint? Yeah, it's footprint It's and, and asset base, a little both. As they spread out around the country, the regional will end up being a super regional pretty fast if they continue to acquire other institutions. But the idea behind just a little bit bigger of a bank is that they're going to have some products that you will need going forward. Mm -hmm. Things like credit card processing or getting up for your sales staff to use for expenses or being able to process for appraisals and credit pulls and things like that for credit cards. Um, Better information reporting systems with the bank that allows you to track what's going on in your accounts and when. They have more efficient ways of handling your payables and your receivables. So typically, a community bank has some of that stuff, but it's a little bit more clunky, and they don't have the same, I guess, quality of some of the products that we're, we're mm-hmm. talking about here to, to really meet the need of a, a mortgage bank as it, as it grows. And the other thing to consider, too, is there's always a big elephant in the room is the, the whole right of offset on a warehouse line. That is a concern if you have your warehouse line in the banking in one place, but it can be addressed, and I addressed it innumerable times to where we've got everybody comfortable with what was going on. So if you get a loan stuck on the line and and you're worried about them seizing your corporate cash, that can be addressed through the agreements. So it's not as big an issue as some people may think it can be. Well, we've barely scratched the surface on this big topic. And so we are going to record listeners another segment. So a part two to this interview tomorrow. And we're going to continue this discussion with Russ. I'm really looking forward to doing so. And it'll be great. Jack, any comments and you want to put a teaser out there, what they can anticipate? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about deposits and the value of those deposits and how they can impact your cost of borrowing on warehouse facilities, David. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that even if you don't have a servicing portfolio with a lot of deposits, you're still 
an important relationship to a bank because of the fee income that mm-hmm. the bank can rate off of your operating accounts. And that fee income has a lot of value to it. I mean, bank stock analysts certainly like to see a healthy share of the bank's income coming from fee income, not interest income. And so if a bank is overweight interest income, it tends to see its PE ratio get diminished in the market. And so your fee income as a smaller independent mortgage bank is important to banks. Yeah, that's really good. So we're going to get into that this week. Uh, we're going to be releasing part two of this. Keep going back to the website, Lickin and Lending, to know when that is available for you to listen to. It. An important topic. And Russ, thank you so much for coming on and talking about it. Jack, thank you so much for encouraging us to talk about this important topic. So we'll continue on. I'm learning something. I've got a lot more notes here and we're going to dive deeper tomorrow when we record this and release it later this week. So Russ, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Jack, for being here with us. I appreciate it. Look forward to it. My pleasure. Thank you. You bet. For this next podcast coming up next week, we talked about what's going on with interest rates and how a lot of people are looking at where interest rates are going. So we reached out to Les Parker And he's going to join us live next week and answer a lot of questions. So especially the one question I've got is he made a prediction earlier that Alice wrote down, we all wrote down because it was pretty astounding, was he said it is very possible. He didn't say it will, but it's very possible that we could see the 10-year Treasury back under 1% for a period of time. What's he talking about with that? We're going to ask him that question and many other questions next week on the Look It On Lending hot topic segment. So stay tuned. We'll be back with that one next week. So, but intro week, where if you're going in, see more on our website, you'll see all the new podcasts we're releasing intro week during that. So we've expanded beyond just the flagship podcast here we have on Mondays to uh, cover more and more topics that are out there that need to get covered. And so that's a lot as a result of your requests, listeners. So appreciate it. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, Lenders One, Mobility, MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, Penny Mac, as well as Total Expert. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. I look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.